0: Holy Gospel, according to St. Mark, the 10th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Some Pharisees came and to test Jesus, they asked, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? He answered them, What did Moses command you? They said, Moses allowed a man to write a certificate of dismissal and to divorce her. But Jesus said to them, Because of your hardness of heart, he wrote this commandment for you. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Then in the house, the disciples asked him again about this matter. He said to them, whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. People were bringing little children to him in order that he might touch them. And the disciples spoke sternly to them. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said to them, let the little children come to me. Do not stop them for it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. Truly, I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. And he took them up in his arms, laid his hands on them, and blessed them. The gospel of the Lord. You may be seated, and the children may conforge for a children's sermon. morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. Just, just me and Anthony. I know. It's kind of nice, isn't it? I always like when we have more people, but I like being with you too as well. It's really fun. So, I have a series of situations I'd like to ask you about, Okay? <sighs> do you guys want to do that too? You want to take a deep breath? Let's take a deep breath. <sighs> All right here we go. No pressure. Just tell me, tell me about these things. If someone is in a room that you enter and you're singing songs as loud as you can because you love to sing so much, and they say, wow, I have got such a headache, what do you do? Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. I think the guy is at yeah. you Yeah. You'd be quiet. And you try, to, you try to help the other person, right? All right. That's pretty good. How about this? When you see someone, uh, let's see, where, where would the, uh, be a good place? You're at a buffet and you see someone trying to carry like their cup and their plate and another plate and a bowl and they're trying to help someone else too and they're carrying a bunch of stuff. What do you do? Help them, help them right? Oh, can I lend you a hand? Yeah, okay. So we know about that one too. All right. How about this? Someone is sitting, and you're just kind of sharing, and they share with you, you know what? I've been really sad lately, and I just don't know why. What do you do? Trying to make them out of their depression? Yeah. Maybe try to make them feel better. What else? Um, what do you just say? They feel really sad, and they don't know why. What do you do? Um, them a tissue. A tissue, yeah. That's a good idea. You just kind of stay with them, don't you? How about someone says, you know what? My mom has been sick lately, and I would like you to pray for him. What do you do? Pray. Pray. That's right. Now, all these things make a whole lot of sense, don't they? Today's story, it starts talking about divorce, when people who are married to one another separate from each other. But it ends talking about children. I think the reason for that is is that when we deal with children, a lot of times we know exactly what to do. We help them. We care for them. We we do as best as we possibly can. And children, you too, all of us, kind of see that, and they know how to help others, don't they? You learn how to help others. Today's text is about seeing everyone as someone who needs help, every single person. So let's try that out. Do I need help? I do. (laughs) I need so much help. You have no idea. I don't know how I would get through the day without Kristen. And I have no idea what I would do if nobody was here for worship. First of all, I wouldn't be much of a pastor, would I? I'm just a guy standing in a room wearing a robe. But, but, we all need help. I need help knowing what to do and what to say, I need help knowing how to pray. How about you, Jack? Do you never need help? What would happen if no one bought anything for the Boy Scouts? Um, I'll cry. Cry, yeah. <laughs> you need help, right? The Boy Scouts need help. Anthony, do you ever need help? Um, not really. What if no one ever, ever talked to you? If nobody got some popcorn, it'd be kind of lonely, wouldn't it? you kind of like your space too, don't you? But but still, the point is, we're all people that need help. We're all people that need help. This week, I want you to look at every... Actually, let's do it right now. Can you stand up? And can you face the congregation? I want you to look at every single one of these faces. Yeah, not that quickly. Slowly look at every single one of these faces. And I want you to know that every single one of these people need help, just like you. Well, sometimes we're ornery. That's okay. They all need help. Every single one of them need help. And that's what this text is about today. God knows that we are all people that need help, and we are made to help one another. You already know what to do. You just got to do it. All right. Does that make sense? Should we pray? Yes. All right, let us pray. Yeah, you can sit down if you want. Okay, let us pray. God, we are truly thankful. We're thankful for the way you love us, the way you care for us, the way that you are our helper. We ask that we might be helpers to one another, that we might know everyone as someone who needs help. And you might put it in our hearts that we would be able to love them and serve them in the same way that you love and serve us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you like a snack? Okay. In the name of Jesus, amen. I want you to reach back way in your memories to English class, English class way back there. And I have a confession as someone who writes and speaks on a regular basis, English was not always my forte, not always my, if you've read my work you can imagine I struggled with grammar just a little bit. That's okay, reach reach back there and I want you to imagine you're reading a novel. And I want you to imagine that you're reading a novel where a character does the same thing over and over and over. So, early in the early in the novel, let's say this character gets into a fight. Midway through the novel, novel, another fight. Towards the end of the novel, still fighting. Tell me something about this character. He fights. <laughs> He needs help, right? Yeah, there's something going on in this character, isn't there? Yeah, character keeps wanting to fight. He's got a, he might have a problem or she might have a problem. The character might you know, have this internal angst or maybe just a whole lot of aggression. Who knows? But we know the character is going through something, right? That, in the loosest of terms, is a literary device, right? We see repetition and we come to know something about the character that wasn't said overtly. The gospel is a text, and the gospel, while it is good and true and the Word of God, is a text. And so, in the same way that every other text works, it uses literary devices from time to time. It uses things where we can come to know something as we look at the way that the text is moving. And this happens in the texts that we've been studying. Two weeks ago, we first started hearing about children in texts two weeks ago. Do you remember what happened in that that text two weeks ago? There was the disciples, they were walking along and they were debating who's the greatest. And Jesus turns to them and says, you know, whoever wants to be the greatest in the kingdom of God must be the least, must be a servant in the kingdom of God. And then he pulls who into that conversation. They're not named. I'll give you a hint about Yehi and Young children. Yeah. He pulls a child into the midst. That very next text that we studied, and the very next story in this text, is one where Jesus is talking about a millstone being hung around our neck and being tossed into the lake or the sea. He's also talking about losing our hands and our feet and our eyes. But the reason that we're doing these things is we're causing a specific population not to stumble. What is that population? Children. Yes. And again, in today's text, the Pharisees come up looking to test Jesus, and Jesus does engage them on the topic of divorce. But when the disciples ask about it again, and they still don't understand, Jesus focuses that conversation on who? Children. Three times we've seen children in a row. And, spoiler alert, but still please come back next week. We're going to hear about children again. Three times we've heard about children in a row, and three times Jesus has made one of these conversations, whether it's about who's the greatest in issues of power, whether it's about how we're using our hands and our feet and our eyes and our whole body, whether it's about self, or whether it's about the relationships that we're in, three times Jesus has made this about children. Jesus has made this about the ones who cannot fend for themselves, the ones who do need help in life, the ones who are reliant on one another children the text today is about once again children and I said it two weeks ago, I said it last week and I'll say it again, we are children we are always children and this text really gets at the heart of it literally. When the issue of divorce comes up, Jesus points to something very specific at the heart. I'm using the words intentionally. The heart of divorce. What's the issue with Jesus when it comes to divorce? Children and the hardness of heart. The hardness of heart. How we act with one another in relationships comes out of here. What we do with one another in relationships comes out of here. Now this text, and I say it every time a text like this comes up, this text is not about staying in relationships that are abusive and this text is not about staying in close contact with people who will not treat us the way that God intended us to be treated. That's not what the text is about. The text is about what's going on inside of our hearts and how that connects us to one another. And more than that, the text tells us that God already knows that hardness of heart, that separation between one another, happens. God already knows. Hardness of heart between one another will always be a part of our lives. We will always be bound to that as long as we live here on this earth. Think about it. Whether or not you've been divorced and whether or not you've been touched by divorce, think of all your relationships and tell me there's not been one single time where hardness of heart hasn't come into play. Tell me there's not one single time where you haven't walled off this part of yourself against another human being. Tell me there's not a single time when you've closed your ears and closed your eyes and closed all of you towards another person. I confess fully that I have done this. And I know that you have too. Hardness of heart is a part of us. And that's what makes us children. We cannot do the things that we're supposed to do. We cannot be the ones that we are supposed to be. We can live this whole life with every intention of doing the right thing. And I've seen several of you do very, very well at this. But there will always come a time when we just trip over our own feet and cannot love the way that we're supposed to love and we cannot give grace the way we're supposed to give grace and we cannot give mercy the way we're supposed to give mercy. There will always come a time when we trip over our own feet and that's what makes us children. We cannot do the things that we need. We cannot be how we're supposed to be. We simply cannot. There's this neat little line at the end of the text that no one will enter the kingdom of heaven unless they enter it as a child. A child receives things by gift. A child receives things by grace and by love and by mercy. A child isn't out there working, though some do work. But a child receives, in our society and in that one, typically by the love and grace shown to the child. You are children and you receive the kingdom of heaven not because you have earned it and you receive the kingdom of heaven not because you've done wonderful and great things. You receive the kingdom of heaven simply because you haven't. You receive the kingdom of heaven because there is a God that loves you and already knows this struggle and already knows that you're going to slip up and already knows that you're not going to be perfect. And in full knowledge of all those things, the God of heaven and earth gives this kingdom, and welcomes you into this kingdom. God already knows. Here's the point in the sermon where we kind of say, well, thanks, Pastor Ben. You've told us everything that we can't do. You've kind of made us feel terrible about ourselves. (laughs) We appreciate it. So what do we do? If we can't be successful in any of this, what do we do? Well... We start by stopping. Stop beating ourselves up about the things that we're not perfect in. God already knows you're not perfect. Try to do the things that you know you should be trying. Try to be the people that you know you should be. And when you inevitably fail, know without a doubt that the God of heaven and earth loves you all the more. And also, look at every single person in this world as someone who is a child, just like you. As someone who can't do the things they need to do, just like you. As someone who struggles to be the person they should be, just like you. This other person, whether they're in this room or somewhere else in this town or somewhere else in this world, or dare I say it, someone else of a different political party or someone else of a different understanding or someone else entirely, this other person is also a child and cannot do the things they need to do. And they are loved and they are graced and they are given mercy by God. And you are too. See them this way. And try as best you can to give love and grace and mercy. It is what this world aches for. This day, this week, this month, this year, look at the world. Look at the mirror. See children and love them as best you can. You'll fail but there's a God that loves you nonetheless. Nonetheless. God loves you. Amen.